The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Boy, oh boy, what a podcast. I mean, there were six or seven, just got done taping, six or seven not next-level concepts for the Super Bowl early look, but next-level squared-type concepts. But then, because it was an off week, why am I playing the music? Because it was like a nightclub. Fezzik, Brad, drinking, well, metaphorically, joking, fun, two classic Fezzik lines (laughs) that are going to be in the drop machine. So it was almost like a PhD dissertation in a nightclub. And Brad and Fezzik were great. I think it's going to be unlike anything you've heard this year, but a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Super Bowl, it's big. And I would make the case it's the most important time to have the right number of outs, betting outs. Why? Because not just the, the spread, not, not the spread. Though I think in this case, since we are guessing the spread's going to be between two and a half and three, well, we know that's the most key number, three, in the NFL. So every out you get, you have a better chance if you like the Pats of being able to lay two and a half next week. And if you like the Rams, and this is probably going to be more of a stretch until late, getting the three. But there's more than that. There's the props. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of them. And Bet DSI wants to lead the way or at least be a great addition to your prop menu. They promise 500 separate Super Bowl prop options. Wowza. There's going to be some that you don't have for sure. And every one of those is a chance to get a real edge. Now, there's a special offer. Bell 101. So we mentioned why it's the best time to give BetDSI a try. Now, with that promo code Bell 101, which helps the pod, but do this for yourself, right? If you're close and you need a tiebreaker, yeah, help us. That's great. But this should be about you, and that's why we're here to help you. Here's the offer. $25 free just for signing up plus a 101% bonus. Uh, you know, that 1% symbolic, but it is nice to think you're getting more in a bonus than you're even putting in. It's BetDSI.com, Bell101. That's B-E-L-L-101 is the promo code that gets you all that. And as we said, increase your chance of getting the right line on the spread between two and a half and three, probably. Increase the chance of getting the props you want and even seeing a prop and betting it that you wouldn't even had the chance to at another book or at your other books if you have more than one. And also, finally, we haven't even mentioned it, in-game betting. I mean, in-game betting is the fastest-growing segment of sports betting, and the Super Bowl is the biggest bet in-game game. That's right, the biggest bet in-game game of the entire season. I would expect this Super Bowl to be the biggest bet in-game game ever because it's growing so fast. And Bet DSI will have their plan. Odds up after every play. A lot of reasons to get involved. Promo code Bell101 makes it easy to think about because you're getting $25 free. And if you want to deposit on top of that, maybe put the 25 bucks in, get the 25 now, 
right? You don't have to put anything in. Just register. Play around. If you like it, throw some money in. Double it, you know, plus 101. And there you go. And if somehow you don't like it, well, it was a free roll, right? Because you got that $25 free. That's what makes it, I think, a no-brainer to try it. Because really, you hear this oftentimes and it's just not appropriate, but it's true here. What do you have to lose with that free 25? So go to betdsi.com, bell101 for the promo code, and on to this very special podcast. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable, broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. Super Bowl week before the big game edition with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, Brad Powers feeling strong about the NFL. To my right. The only two-time Super Contest champion. Back-to-back for fun. Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. Maddie in Florida. Another conference. He's a businessman. (laughs) I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. This should be a fun one. We are going to leisurely go through concepts, storylines, I think the best way to say it is lay the foundation, the foundation of your Super Bowl handicap and your prop betting handicap. Because one, Fez, we always have fun with this. What is your over under, honestly now, sincerely, what is your over under for number of prop bets you make this Super Bowl? 30. 30. I thought you used to say 28 and a half. It's going up. Wow. <laughs> 30. Now, think about that a second. The old adage, don't overbet the Super Bowl. I think that was very valid when it was side total. You know, and then as a few props came online. Now, how many different, if someone was really motivated, you know, went to the Westgate, different, all the different Vegas books online, how many props, unique props do you think are out there, Fez? 480. It's a lot. Yeah. So if you're betting 10% of them, so you're betting probably less than like what? 7% of the props. There you go. So (laughs) might be betting both sides of some of them too. No, explain that. Might be taking a piece of um, one quarterback over 285 yards and play them under 299. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So what I know for sure is in the Super Bowl. This year with Balachev, that the football science of the game, as Malensky used to call the way the game's going to be played, the football science is going to dictate more than any other coach. Because who is Balachev going to try to stop? Is Balachev going to run? Is he going to pass? He's got extreme swings and things like who he double teams, who he is not going to let Kelsey beat him. Etc. Last week, that was the thing we believed and we were right about it. Where most coaches, yeah, they've got those tendencies, but they're the same every week and they're not as extreme. So, Fez, if we knew, if, if we had like 60 seconds of Belichick talking honestly, 
like a secret recording talking honestly about how he wants to win this game, how much would it inform your prop batting? Oh, it'd be a tr- tremendous addition. I agree. I mean, I think as much as anything could. He is one of the most difficult coaches to prepare for in prop betting. Belichick is because so many coaches are straightforward. A lot of times they have success. It's, it's almost like a chess player that plays a certain opening and they win with it and they're going to come back and play it again. And Belichick, you just never know the next game exactly what he's going to do. And if you can predict it, you actually can get yourself some interesting kind of, uh, I guess, correlated parlays, not that you're, or correlated bets, where if you're right about one, you're right about the other. So let's talk, you know, this is one probably better for next week when the props come out, but I just heard it today. Lombardi, friend of the show, Mike Lombardi, said that he is 100% or he's very, very sure that Belichick is going to stop Cooks. And Brandon Cooks against the Lions, Lombardi was talking about, because obviously the Lions have a coach that, oh, coach DC, the Patriots last year. And they played a certain, I think, bracket coverage or press him at the corners. He struggles. Because remember, if Cooks is with Belichick for a year, imagine how naked you would feel as a player that Belichick gets you watch your every move for a year. Mm. He knows everything about every me. weakness, every strength. And Brad, we you looked it up before the show. Uh, Cooks against the Lions stats. Yep, four receptions, sixty-two yards, zero touchdowns. Okay, so not horrible, but they and what Lombardi said. Watch the film. And that game is going to tell you a lot about what the Pats are going to try to do defensively. So very good tip for you, Faz. That perked you up a little bit. Uh, you, you saw me taking notes. And ah. Cook's probably come about 75 yards for his over-under. And let's assume the Patriots are a lot better than the Lions. And remember that Lions game, we actually had the Rams in that game. And we were very lucky to cover that game. Remember? I do. Late score. Yes. So the theory is... They did pretty well, the Lions against the Rams, even though they didn't cover. And here's where the flip side is, though. If he's going to press Cooks, really try to limit him, Robert Woods, as Bob Dylan said in, in <laughs> on Blonde on Blonde, he said, a paraphrase, for everything you get, you've got to give something back. And I think he inverted that. You got to give something back for something you get. Well, they're going to get stopping cooks in theory, probably not able to stop Woods. And the reason I think I like Woods over as well is that the eye test in the last game is they were really trying to get Goff comfortable. And Cooks, they're throwing, it's more downfield. But they threw a lot of dink and dunk passes to Woods, just two-yard passes past the line of scrimmage. So I think if we're going to bet Woods, I would consider betting him over in receptions, not on the yardage. His yardage probably is going to come around 72 yards. And that makes an interesting point. So if you limit Cooks, the idea of Woods is going to be somewhat effective, but he's not going to let Woods beat him over the top. He's going to let Woods maybe catch those five or six yarders. You got to give him something. So, Fez, I think your take is if we believe under Cooks because of what we saw in the Lions game, what Lombardi's telling us over Woods, 
how do you go yards reception? I think receptions make a ton of sense. Absolutely. We saw those dink and dunks last week. No reason to think that that changes. I would much rather play Woods over six pass completions than over 72 yards. And no guarantees, but more than any other coach, the way he approaches the game will dictate the way the game's played because there's more extremes with Belichick schematically. And to me, building a foundation of how we think the game, assumptions about how we think the game is going to be played is what's going to be the driver of these props. Whereas often, Fez, it's not so much a handicap, but it's math, right? Three straight scores or extra points being missed or safeties. Oftentimes, props are about betting a lot to win a little because the public's willing to pay such a premium to bet a little to win a lot. Exactly. The public gets it all wrong, RJ. They're looking for the needle in the haystack. They're always looking at that plus 250, that plus 400 bet. And more often than not, if you had to choose, you would rather lay minus 550 than take plus 350. But here's my question. And we didn't prepare for this. So who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You like under in the first quarter almost every year under points. Why do you like that? Because there's a long history of Super Bowls being much lower scoring than a typical game in the first quarter and the first half. And what's the logic behind it? Because the long history probably isn't statistically significant. There's logic behind it too. Yeah, the logic being is this is the biggest game of everyone's life. And the last thing you want to do is go out and blow it in the first quarter being too aggressive, turning the ball over. Take care of the ball. Don't make the big mistake. So it's very rare that you're going to come out on the very first pass play and throw a bomb. Almost always it's going to be a very short pass or a run. You don't want to lose it. You, you can't win the game in the first quarter, but you can lose it. Now, Let's agree with that assumption. That is the way, and you might say, well, Belichick's Belichick. He he don't give a care. Well, in eight games in the Super Bowl, how many total points in the first quarter? Three points. 33? No. Three. (laughs) He didn't average three, just three. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So even Belichick. Now you could say, well, three was last time. He's trending up. Well, maybe, <laughs> right? Last game, last year. But if the assumption is there's nerves, then how do we calculate that into missed extra points, safeties? Like there's been all this crying from the wise guys, the duck tape shoe guys. There's been all the crying. Oh, there's only supposed to be a safety. What is it? One out of 14 games or something. I can't remember the math. 11 or something. It's supposed to be like one out of every 16 games. And the odds are usually what? If you say no. Minus 850, no safety. So it seems like you've got a huge overlay. Sure. If you don't have a bunch of players that are all nervous and might not well, screw up well, on that's, the key. But, but, but let's be honest. I haven't heard that discussion. The idea that a lot of this math, a lot of these mathematically based prop bets that are often bet a lot to win a little, that the nerves, even a missed extra point or whatever, even back when it was 20 yards, right? What was the, I remember it used to be, you had to bet, what was it? Like 18 to win one, but the odds were like 25 to one. Yeah. It was something like that. And a lot of people every year were betting no miss extra point. But how do you account for the fact that there are nerves? And look no further than last year's game. Very first extra point for the Eagles. Uh, no good. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to let the math guide us. 
but we're going to think beyond just the math. You know, this is really a great point by you because, like, remember what happened? It's Peyton Manning, tremendous quarterback, and all of a sudden, oh, against Seattle, the ball goes flying right past his his head. Nerves early in the game. Nerves from the I center. Snap. Noise. Uh, never not used to this. Boom. Safety. That doesn't happen in a regular season game. Great point. Thanks for enlightening me on this particular subject, RJ. I appreciate it. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We're going to build your foundation this week. And then next week from the Super Bowl, we are going to be doing our pod. Brad's here. Would you call it a, would you call it a, a love commitment, Brad? Yeah, you could say that. It's a love commitment. Women, we can lay. That's the way to think about it. <laughs> you told me you're here you know, to make the money. Here's what yeah. we're gonna. Here's what we're gonna we do. Love of money, love of a woman. We'll see. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say though? What's that? What did you just say? Oh, I said it could be love of money, love of a woman. Ah, okay. Yeah. I thought he was saying. He said like, once you have the love of a good woman, you'll see. Like money doesn't matter. So I almost was gonna kick him out of here. <laughs> Thank God he didn't say that. That's not the Brad Powers that I know and love. <laughs> It's a different kind of love, though. (laughs) But I'm going to tease ahead. Next week's Super Bowl, me, Fez, the mayor, Mackie, making an appearance. Tentatively. And... (laughs) 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 We're going to put Mackie's producer mic up. Mackie, you've been struggling today. How you you feeling? You scared me with that tentatively. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. You remember with the mob, it's right before the kill as you get the kiss. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Well, here's what you know about me is if I'm joking about it, it's probably not true. (laughs) I don't apologize. Take care of my family. But the week after the Super Bowl, we're going to do Brad Powers, college basketball. You know, we'll be starting into our college basketball, early NFL, early props, all the stuff, Oscars, whatever. And it's crazy and surprising, but encouraging the percentage of listeners that listen to the NFL pod that listen all year. Cause we usually do shorter pods, hour, hour 15. And it's almost like this is the hour that keeps you updated about all the happenings in gambling. And if you're betting college basketball, then obviously you're listening. And when it comes to those deep college basketball dives, stay tuned. We've got a big announcement coming up when it comes to something with Brad Powers and a new talent that is, I would say Brad's equal when it comes to college basketball. Now he, that's going to get his dandruff up a little bit and they can battle it out. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I was waiting to hear if he was saying basketball or football. Uh, oh, no, no. I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. All right. We'll see. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be good. It reminds me of the Simpsons when, you know, uh, the little baby Maggie has a nemesis. Oh, it, yeah. And they always give each other like that yeah. stern eye look. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> wow. Like their eyebrows. I'm thinking yeah. about you yeah. looking at this dude. By the way, this is a former MMA fighter. So Brad's going to want to oh. be tough from a distance. <laughs> a long distance. <laughs> like Casey Case long distance <laughs> dedication. <laughs> we were out with this dude. And uh, on Friday night, he was here for the fight. And my uh, head of sales at pregame, Tom who's a longtime friend of mine. We grew up in the same town. 
he he was out, you know, all square in his Kmart jacket and everything. And we were joking with him. He should wear a medallion. You know, he looks like an accountant, but he should wear a medallion. So everyone's like, you know, a big silver chain. Like that dude looks like he, a nerd, but he's got a medallion. Could it be so <laughs> like he's Russian Ma. Like you don't know what he is. And as we kept going, and I'm not a big drinker. I drink maybe once a month, but, uh, the sad thing is I used to drink five days a week when I was like 16. So it was a whole different thing. But, but when you grow up with a town and no stoplights, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, we've all seen days and confused. Well, Faz, you haven't, right? No, nah, no chance of that. <laughs> you know what we need to do? Are you kidding? Ah! I haven't seen that. <laughs> wow. You're messing out. You know what we can do? Let's tease ahead to something Jeez. else. Let's tease ahead to something else. Once a month, the first week of every month, we'll have a poll. What movie does Fezzik have to see and give us a report on, on air? And then he has three weeks to do it. And then the first week of the next month, he gives us a three to four minute synopsis. I three like to it. four minutes? Yeah. Because, I I mean, I'll be cracking yeah, wise right. the whole time. I like it. What do you think? I love it. Be no listeners. It was just me after four minutes. <laughs> I mean, we're just trying to figure ways to get your personality out more because it's fascinating. Like we're doing a new thing on Straight Out of Vegas, our Fox show, uh, six o'clock Eastern every weekday, 200 stations, iHeartRadio app, FoxSportsRadio.com, Sirius and XM. We don't mess around. He about three days a week, he is going to find a birthday that interests him. And just, he's going to riff on it. So, you know, every, obviously every day there's like 10 or 12 known people. It's their birthday. Now today, Fez, we're taping on Wednesday. We we're going to do it, but you were struggling a little bit. This will be a good tease about like how you're going to approach it. So do today's, and this is what we typically are going to be doing on straight out of Vegas. Yeah. Happy birthday to Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Beverly Hills, nine Oh, Two one oh, <laughs> <laughs> Brad. How did he say it in the production meeting? Nine oh one oh or something. He said Timley Umber. He said like he had a list. Like, sin, and yeah. then he. <laughs> and I'm a numbers guy, <laughs> but I actually love the way you say. I want to wish a happy birthday. Now, how how are you? You got to come up with an exact catchphrase. How are you going to do it? I'm going to go home and work on it. But what did you just say? I liked what you I just said. I want to wish a happy birthday. Yeah. Or something like, hey, I'm th- extending out from Fezzik to you, Tim Lee, Amber Thee, Bob Sombun, from, <laughs> from Beverly Hills, 901101. Like, like, but it's going to be from Fezzik to you and extending then say the name. Extending a personal yes, pers- happy birthday to Tiffany Amber Thee. No, I think a birthday greeting. From Write that down. From from Steve Fezzik to you, Tiffany Amber Thiesten. <laughs> you like that? I did. Write that down, Fez. This is going to be good. And then the movie poll. See, I, I think when you don't have as many games, you get more creative. Yep. Now, listen, I've been trying to resist or, or delay this, but I can't delay it anymore. <laughs> Powers, 
No bets for me last week. That still puts me in that number one spot here on the NFL podcast up 980 bucks for the year. Hi, I'm Steve Fezzik. I had one prop bet against Matty Holt. I won that bet. Year to date, I'm still struggling, though. 22 and 30. I'm down $1,970. I had it within my reach. I won the college football. I mean, you could say the title holder, the champion, the best. However you wanted to say it, I'd be okay with it. To be the man, you got to beat the man. (laughs) That kind of thing. But I, I put it in my sights. I want to win both college because I don't know much about that and pro, which I know a good bit about. And I was coming into championship Sunday with $1,100 of bets on Kansas city to make the super bowl. 500 fast, 500 to vig a hundred for, I guess it wouldn't have accounted in our standings from Bernie Frado weekend straight out of Vegas 11 o'clock Pacific to midnight across the It's like 300 stations because no one gets covered up at two in the morning on the East Coast. So if you're coming out of those bars and what Bernie does is play sound from the whole week that we do. Brad, you're going to be hosting this. I'm going to be hosting. This you want to hear? Listen, this guy's never. Ho- Have you even hosted a local radio? Yeah, show? I did. Uh, when? When pregame used to do the local. You hosted it? Yeah, you made me do it, I think, Christmas break. Oh, okay. Home. All right. Well, when I, when, let's just say when I've been in the city limits, you've yes. never hosted. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So, but you're going national. You're saying yep. I'm skipping all this. I'm going national. Bernie had a family matter. And I'm excited because I think Brad's going to end up being a pretty decent host. And I'm going to predict in a year or two, you're going to have multiple deep dive pods you're hosting. And you're going to shine because obviously, thank you, Art. all the college knowledge. I had Kansas City, Fez, New England Square, Vig, New England Square. I mean, I could have just bought what was what was the best number I could have gotten on the money line, Fez, if I went with the Pats plus one sixty two. Holy cow! So I could have locked in uh, uh, sixteen hundred and twenty dollar profit, mm. not counting even Bernie's hundred. Yep, but I let it ride. Because I wanted to be the champion, and instead I lost $1,100, and I'm not going to be the champion. There's still time. D Ford's not getting a Christmas card from you. I don't <laughs> I don't chase, Fez. That's why I've been here 21 <laughs> years. I don't chase. You chase. You're more ego-driven than me. You know, that is an excellent... You that your representation of me is correct. And even I'm, I'm going to admit to this just last night, I was live betting some college basketball and I'm down for the day. All right. And I'm watching. It's Fred, all one long session. Fez. Fred, I know, but I want to win for that day. So Fresno. <laughs> it's, it's all one long session. It's playing San Diego uh, state. That, that's yeah. hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> Clip that up. Mackie, redeem yourself. Clip that up. <laughs> I mean, literally what he said was, he listens to me say it's all one session. I know, but I wanted to win that day. That's classic. <laughs> so the two teams tie with four and a half minutes to go. And I'm like, all right, it's it's bailout time. These teams can't shoot. Fresno's point guard is out. And so I just start hammering the under multiple times, live wagering, and uh, probably bet four times as much on that bet as I normally would have bet because I wanted to win for the day. Terrible. Here's the thing you got to know. You know we don't edit 
I mean, listen, number two, <laughs> number two, you know, Fez is not holding back any bad habits because any pro that says that is being pretty freaking odd. Well, I think it was a good bet. I oh. would not have bet it four times. Exactly. I so you made bets. Twice. You made bets you wouldn't have made to try to get even. I met, I ramped you, up my bet size. Yeah. Say I made bet. Tell the truth. I what? made bets I wouldn't have made if I hadn't been down for the day. That's the thing. If a guy acts like he never makes a mistake, how do you trust him? Yeah. You know, on those, on movies and in real life, when the dude's always got his hair combed right, he always shaves his teeth, even like the back teeth up in between uh, along the gums. There's not any plaque and you look and, and, and they shake everyone's hand. You know, you look and. <laughs> I'm I'm describing Mackie necessarily here, but those are the guys that are hiding something. If you had right, he, Fez is admitting to it. So what what could he be hiding if he's admitting to that? Nothing. What do you what do you think, Mackie? When when someone's too on the surface too perfect, kind of like the talented Mister Ripley. I'm an open book. You got a question? <laughs> ask me. I'm not you know, hiding nothing. Even even look, he uses. He graduated from like the number 14 school in the country. And he says, I ain't hiding nothing. I don't give that's, a care. It's like, that's like him trying to somehow talk like the audience, trying to somehow be sympathetic to them. Claremont. I don't know if they would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fez, you were honest. I lost. We've already given an amazing tip for the Super Bowl, but let's get serious. Showtime! Alright guys, I'm going to start with you, Fez. What is the number one betting factor? You know something? Let's actually recap the games. So, we'll do this quickly because we're a couple days away, but this is not about score or whatever. It's about what was deceiving. Everyone's seen the games. It's probably listening to this. Everyone knows the score. What is an obvious from the score? Let's talk about the Rams win. And although it was impressive, I don't think it was as impressive as we thought going in the dome and winning because New Orleans had some serious problems on offense. We've talked about Drew Brees, his arm strength not being there. And it certainly looked like he was not close to 100% in the second half. And his O-line, four of the five guys on the Saints O-line had some sort of injury. Armstead and Pete had significant injuries, and that was a big deal, especially when their tight end Watson was out. Their backup tight end had to leave the game. So serious problems with the O-line and with Breeze, and I think that compromised New Orleans' ability to move the ball and it made the Rams' D look better than it really is. Okay. I think that's – I mean, remember, Breeze, how long ago was it that Breeze was the clear favorite to win the MVP? It's only like six weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, what we, it seems like it's hard to imagine there's not a physical limitation right now. Yeah. Eight, eight games in a row did not have one pass completion of more than 42 yards. <laughs> I'm guessing he had one of 41. Yeah. I think several 41. <laughs> I mean, if you're an MVP candidate, you should be getting that on a weekly basis. And to me, it's more about how many yards downfield he's, you know, ball, uh, yards in the air, maybe those stats. There's some stats like that out there that I think are interesting. Now, that said, Saints, it's still the Superdome, right? And is that what they still call it? Yeah, the yep. crowd was rocking. It was rocking. 
Now, we were talking about this on SOV. Do we now believe that when we think there's a huge home field advantage that's driven by noise, where other home fields like Green Bay isn't as noise-based, do we lean towards the first half figuring it takes the opposing team a while to catch on to how to deal with the noise and the the crowd gets tired and the noise dissipates in the second half, not on the biggest plays, but just the consistency. RJ Bell just bringing it in this podcast. Absolutely correct. And we saw that in this game, 13. So are you saying absolutely correct? Like you're a teacher and I'm the student or absolutely correct that you hadn't thought of that. Now I've said it and you think it's sharp. The latter. So you hadn't thought of that. I had never thought about that. But, the- but really, it's analogous to the NBA game three when a team's down 0-2. Everyone's been betting the first half there, right? What's the logic there? That the insane crowd intensity. This is our season. We're down 0-2. We need this game like blood from the crowd and from the players that that's going to boil over and have its maximum impact in the first quarter in the first half. And also, I think, the if anything, what you hear about the Super Bowls is teams – that are first-time teams there, they get so excited, they struggle in the second half because they're tired. Mm -hmm. So think about it. It's a game that's starting later, and then they're at the state. They've had a week week of press conferences and all the stuff they usually don't do, right? Jared Goff has never done this. Number nine for Brady, right? And then it's hours and hours early, an extended halftime. You got to rewarm up differently, like you, I mean, the halftime is of what double as long, right? Yeah, I'm not even sure the exact number. But it is double. It's so. Do we have a bias right away? If you like the Rams, do you think first half? Uh, just because you don't want this first time team to have to deal with this first time Super Bowl team. You know, it's a complex question because of New England's history in the first quarter, and. Because of that, and because of the fact I'm confident that McVay and company. But if anything, that points more towards the Rams in the first but, half. But if the Rams win the toss, I'm very confident McVay is going to defer and not take the ball. And so will Belichick. I'm not confident. So he hasn't that. deferred one time in like five years. This year, he's deferred twice. He hasn't deferred twice. He has. He has, he has not deferred. He's taken the he's ball. He's taken the ball in two games this year. And what were the two games? The game against Jacksonville, mm-hmm. where he wanted to go ahead and get the lead against the Jags because he mm-hmm. knows the Jags don't play well from behind. And the game against the Chargers in the playoffs. The last coin flip that Belichick won, he took the ball. Okay, but are we thinking because it's a 1-0 streak that that's the new, that like he's changed his fundamental I mean, under that theory, the game after Jacksonville, you would have thought it was going to happen. So there was something specific about Jacksonville, something specific about the Chargers that made him do that. If we could predict what that is, we wouldn't even have to talk about it. But even this season, it's two out of 18 times he's done it, right? So two out of nine times because he won the toss. Nine oh, times. nine yeah. times. Okay. So, so, so think about it. Just that's a good point. In, yeah. the, in the math, I'm 99% confident if McVay wins that toss, he's deferring. With Belichick, I think he's deferring, but it might only be like 70% or 80%. Mm. I'm assuming he's deferred every Super Bowl. Yes. Yes. But he's only won the coin toss twice. Wow. Brad's coming loaded for bear. No, Mackie had it. Mackie had it? Yeah, Mackie had it. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) He's There's a line in The Godfather, the book, not the movie, where he says... You know, Kay's talking to Michael about him and it's like, boy, your dad seems very generous. He's telling him like he put this kid through college. He you know, did this and he did that. He goes, well, think of it like explorers on the North Pole. 
they'll just leave food in certain places hidden, figuring one day they're going to come back there mm. and they might be hungry. And he goes, if my dad's hungry, they better deliver. Mackie's just dropping <laughs> little tidbits in Brad's pocket, figuring one day he's going to have to come in and save the day. Mm. <laughs> All right, maybe not. So maybe, you, maybe he's not that sinister. Who knows? So to answer your question, I'm always reluctant betting a team in the first half or the first quarter when I feel they have less than a 50% chance to start the game with the ball. Well, listen, this is interesting because Dave Esler has a pick on the Patriots and the Rams in the first quarter. Now, listen, Dave Esler is stubborn. He always scoffs. He's in his 60s. He's been batting and winning for for like nine years at pregame, maybe eight, a long time. Also, he owned his own business, very successful for a long time. He sold out to retire. So if you're if you own your own business and you're rich and you're the man of the house, oftentimes not many people are telling you what to do. Mm. Dave is stubborn. But when you win, you can be stubborn. We told him, Dave, I mean, Mackie, sleepy. It was like everybody knows who would possibly make this pick without hashing it out that the Patriots have scored three points in eight games. Texts, emails. I think that Sleepy tried to get a Skype account. <laughs> he had trouble signing up, but he tried. <laughs> and, and still, Dave Esther said, I don't give a care. Here's his pick. You know, as far as the Super Bowl game itself, yes, I know everybody's on New England. I know it's minus two and a half, almost minus three. It's been three for a little bit. Uh, one of our Twitter followers just told me Alexa picked the Patriots, and she is undefeated picking the Eagles last year. <laughs> so thanks for that. I don't have any more work to do there. But in all seriousness, everyone on New England, unless they can get plus three, is alarming. What I do like is the Patriots in the first quarter. I know it's obvious, but you have to think the experience versus the inexperience just takes center stage early, just like it did in Kansas City and most other Patriot playoff games for that matter. So my best bet right now, New England Patriots first quarter. Okay, so he's ignoring the history that Belichick starts slow. Now, it's not like the Pats of fallen behind much in these games. The opponents haven't scored much either, right, Fez? Yeah, it's been very, very low scoring to start Patriot Super Bowls in the first quarter. Okay, so uh, let's get there first. Do we just play the under here? Or is that like, it just feels like that every sharp is playing under first quarter has gotten uh, so prominent now that the line's getting affected. Well, I think you can play it now before the line's impacted. because the So line, what numbers are you saying? Ten and a half on the first quarter. So. And, and you like that? Yeah, I think you can play under ten Does and a half. Does the math work with the total? The, the math for the total should be ten and a half. So it has. So you're not saying there's no Super Bowl effect right there's now? There's no Super Bowl adjustment in the first quarter numbers that I've seen on the openers so far. Wow, then that's an auto bet, right? Because you got the Super Bowl trend and the Patriots trend. Yes, it is. Mm. You say that like begrudgingly. Oh, I didn't mean to do it that way. You're so. like, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't want to give this one. I, yeah, I don't want to give this. I, out. I bet first quarter under ten and a half, and I bet third quarter over ten already. Just kind of basic strategy, Super Bowl betting, and the slow start of the Patriots is just a little extra gravy to be able to make it a little, maybe a little bit stronger. So, by the way, guys, Fezzik will have, and we'll put this up 
Um, next week, actually, we'll have a promo code if you want to get Fezzik's amazing prop package. So you're going to bet like 30 or so yourself. How many do you think are going to be widely enough available that you'll release to your late, uh, you know, premium pick clients? Probably six to 10. Six to 10. I'm hopeful. Okay, that's it. Well, what I'll do is six out of 30. Well, there'll be some that aren't really widely available and I'll just tell everyone, Hey, I played this. If you can find it, it's a good bet. So you're going to give those two. Absolutely. So there'll be like 10 or so that's widely available and five or six or seven or eight more that aren't as widely Probably available. Probably 10 more than. Yeah. More, yeah. So we'll give a nice coupon code for that. If you want it also on straight out of Vegas next week, we're going to be given a prop a day. Now it won't all be physics props. One day it'd be mine. One day, Brad, couple days. Fezzik, it'll be maybe one for me, one for Brad, three for Fezzik. We'll make it next week. Five days. So if you aren't subscribed, and it's a great week to just give it a try, right? Because if you can listen live, great. Or podcast, right? Just search RJ Bell. You're going to see two things probably. One is the dream preview. If you're not subscribed, do it because it's free. And we are going to have some surprise interviews and such in February and beyond. In the offseason, we have a lot of one-off pods. Uh, Matty Holt's going to come in with one other fellow and talk state of the legalized industry some point in February, probably. And the other one's going to be RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. Subscribe. It's a 40, it's only an hour show, so it's 40 minutes with the commercials ripped out. And next week's the week to give it a try. I think you're going to like it. Okay, so we've got that. What do you think of Astler's bet? Now, on one hand, Pat's not great in the first quarter, scoring-wise. On the other hand, I think he's right. There is going to be extra nerves for the Rams. On the other hand, I think the Rams get tired later. feels like if you like the Rams, maybe it's second and third quarter. Avoid them in the fourth quarter when they're tired. Yeah, avoid, avoid them in the them first the nerves when they're in the first quarter. It makes a lot of sense. You know, and I think about Belichick. He's probably tired of hearing about how his team can't score a touchdown in the oh, first he doesn't quarter. Think. That's your ego, Fez. It's not Belichick. He just counts rings. <laughs> That's true. I, look at like, I can't imagine Belichick like quadruple betting a prop because he he wants to be up for the day. Probably <laughs> probably should not have disclosed that. <laughs> and, and he has a long history, and it makes a lot of sense when Belichick comes in. What his thought process is like? Look. Usually we're the better team. We should win. Let's not screw this up. If we just play our game and we don't turn the ball over, we should win. There's a reason why, and I've got the numbers right here. Um, Mackie, help me out with them. Last eight Patriot Super Bowls. If you played under 10, you're seven and one to the under in the first quarter. Okay. So actually the, they, there was one that went over the last one against Philly. Oh, so Philly had the lead nine, three Philly. Yes. Okay. And I just went over because last year was what? 10. Yes. Okay. All right. Another reason to like what, what Esler likes first quarter Pats is the idea that the coin flip idea. You're saying if Pats win, they're going to take the ball. You're thinking a quarter of the time? Probably, probably only like maybe 18%, right? 15 to 18%. But that's still significant. And if the Rams win, Pats getting the ball every time. Yes. So that means you got a, a, a possession advantage potentially. And you've got uh, the nerve nerves advantage. Yes. What's against you is the history of the Pats starting really slow. Correct. Now, when you bet this, I would strongly encourage you, if you do bet this, 
I would bet the money line on New England. It'd probably be about minus 120. There'll be an alternative line. New England will be minus a half plus like a dollar fifty. And you'll think, oh my gosh, I'm getting 70 cents better. All I got to do is lay a half. Well, that half is everything on a first quarter bet. That half is worth about 85 cents in a first quarter. Now let's think about this a second. Well, first though. This is a powerful concept in a, a period that can be a tie. A game or in the playoffs can't be a tie in the regular season. It's hard, right? Pick them isn't as valuable, but in a game, in a period that easily can be a tie, the shorter the period, the more valuable pick them is, right? So imagine if I said, I'm going to bet the first two minutes of the game, Mm. How, how, how I'd lo- if I got plus one, what would you lay for plus one, Fez? Minus 14. No, no, minus 2,000. Minus 2,000. Right? Wow. So just think yeah. about that. Is the shorter the period, and that's why even halftime lines and such, you've got to always consider. Now, in general, the market, do you feel like the market, because people instinctually don't feel as if Pickham's worth as much as it truly is, do they underprice it yeah, the in the mar- conversion? Yeah, the market uh, always underprices getting buying that extra half if you will point and but look, you're not buying it you're just choosing a different way to bet right, i like to say buying i'm kind of like but you're just saying that incorrectly you think so yeah because buying assumes that you're going into the same place and saying give me that bet and add the extra pepperoni give me the half a point whereas you're just choosing a different way to fair bet. And, fair enough right? fair. if you bet a run line in baseball you're not buying yeah that's a good point right from the bet but again, eh, doesn't matter. But I, when people hear buying, they're thinking you're you're, you're going right. into the book and saying I'll pay twenty cents or whatever for you're, it. You're, you're you're right. And as it turns out, if the Patriots, if you had blindly bet the Patriots in the first quarter, obviously they've only scored three points and they're usually favored, so you're not going to do well. But if you laid minus a half, you're zero and eight. If you play them on the money line, amazingly, you're zero four and four. You pushed four of the times. Uh, that's in, so it was zero zero four times. Yes. See how I figured that out, Brian? <laughs> yeah. No wonder I did so well on that SAT. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but not as well as your hero, Fez. My hero? Tom Cruise. He did well on his SAT? In Risky Business. Oh, oh yes. You love that movie. I do. Did you, I mean, was it you at home thinking, oh, a guy like that's going to Princeton. I've got hair similar to his. Maybe I could get someone like Rebecca DeMornay. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. Is that? He goes, oh, he yeah. Goes, he goes, yeah. Like he's taking it back to his days there. That, Is that true? That seemed like a dream of yours. Six, 620 verbal, 580 math. Joel, vice president, Spanish class. You've done some nice work here. You're to be commended. But let's be honest. It's not quite Princeton material. Is it now? <laughs> wow. That was pretty good, yeah. actually. You know, now's the time. Here's what you need to know about radio podcasts, unedited podcasts, is you can't hide. You can't talk for 100 hours or 200 hours. What's the number? We're doing 200 hours a year on SOV. Here we're doing... Over 100. Yeah, over 100. So three, 350 hours of talking. That means 300 hours of me talking and Fez and Brad 50. If history is any indication, <laughs> <laughs> but the truth comes out 
And to me, that's why you'll notice the scammers. Like, look at the guys in our industry, and it's not really the same industry they want it to be. But and ask yourself, who do you think's a scammer? And ask you, do they have long podcasts, hours and hours? They might put a little four minute thing together. They're reading from a script, but are they talking about the the truth of their heart? And Fez, some would say this is good. Some would say this is bad. But recently, you spoke the truth of your heart, and luckily we have it on tape to, to uh, play, dissect, ponder. Let's start presented without comment, and we'll go from there. Wore the cowboy boots, cowboy hat, walked around. A lot of action that week. A lot of action. So <laughs> how how's this connect with the Rebecca de Mornay? It doesn't. <laughs> What do you think, Brad? No action. <laughs> when I came to that, or was it? <laughs> nah, I won't go. <laughs> Wore the cowboy boots, cowboy hat, walked around. A lot of action that You week. never were a dancing in your socks to Bob Seger? You know, my favorite line is when Tom Cruise the next morning <laughs> says, you know, Bill Rutherford, he had a nice time, and they show the Princeton guy, good night, everybody. <laughs> I tell you, the more we can get him unplugged, unfattered. Yeah. You might want to spice one of his drinks. That'd be a great podcast. You know what we need to do? Because that got a lot of play on Twitter. His, what did? His drink. <laughs> that picture of his drink when we went out. Oh! <laughs> there was all kinds of theories what was in that drink. <laughs> Only one cherry. Now, listen. Here's what we need to do. We got to set some goal, some goal. And worst case, it'll be like when we have our one-year anniversary of SOV or something. And we'll have a drunk show. We'll come in. Faz, you're a white wine guy? Yeah, two should do it. No, no, no. We want to go like four. You know, like a <laughs> bottle. Uh, dial in 911. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, uh, we won't, you know, just whatever you're comfortable with, right? But, I mean, imagine like a two-hour free-for-all pod <laughs> in which Fez is drinking a bottle of white. <laughs> I mean. Cannonball it. And then one more, he's right on top of Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. I mean, that will be the most anticipated podcast ever. A shot every time I don't answer the question. Oh. <laughs> All right, Brad, NFC, number one factor. Number one factor for me was, you know, the Rams had a lot going against them. I would say that I upgraded, in my opinion, Goff more than anything. Down 13 and nothing, Goff hadn't performed very well on the road. If there was any time for him to panic, I mean, there, there's word out there that he couldn't audible because his headset uh, wasn't working. And he couldn't get the calls from uh, head coach Sean McVay. If, if there was going to be a time where Goff would shrink in the moment, that would have been it. And yet, I would argue for the last two and a half, three quarters of that game, Jared Goff outplayed Drew Brees. But on a scale of one to a hundred, and let's think about this, 75 being an average playoff caliber quarterback, mm. 50 being average, what was Goff in that game? Because Brees relative is about Brees and Goff. How good was Goff in your mind? Uh, I would say 75. He was so above average. An, aver an average Playoff quarterback. Ooh, average playoff. Nah, I guess he was 85. So better than average. I thought he was better than average. His QBR was 75. Yeah, but that, that but 75 would be amongst all quarterbacks. It'd be 75% of the time, right? Yeah, but he's playing in New Orleans with yeah, all that's that a good noise. You know? It's a good point. It's a good point. 
All right. Let's talk a little, and we'll make this quick, the whole talk radio stuff. Colin was just about, oh, the pass interference, toughen up Buttercup when it comes to the Saints. Oh, there was a lot of calls. And and we talked about this a, a decent amount, not too much, but here's why I concluded. I think because it was such an obvious call that would be called a vast majority of the time, either the interference, the head to head, with a helmet to helmet, whatever you want to say is the penalty, something would have been called a vast majority of the time. And if called, it would have had a massive effect on the game. Fez, you've made some estimates. First, what percentage of the time would the Saints win after the call wasn't made? 70%. If the call would have been made? 96%. So let me do the math here. That is 26% additional chance. And I like flipping it around. The Rams chance of winning went down from 30% to 4% if that play is called. Wow. Wow. That's some next level math there. No, but that is interesting to think because when you're with the big number, it's like, oh, it was kind of big and now it's really big. But that's interesting. I guess you don't want the 200 stations in the country. That's the first time you've broken that one out. Did you hit that one on the commode or something? No, no. I, I said that in, in SOV. You did, no, you yeah, did Yeah, I did. Yeah, we talked about Rams. We said Rams 30% and like 4%. We did. You can go back to the archives. Uh, hold tape on. Don't, tape don't lie. Ooh. Ooh. Do it. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Yeah. You know what's funny? I looked at him trying to read him when I yeah. put the button up to the mic. And he looked at me. He looked a little timid. Yeah. And then he could tell I was reading him. And he goes, do it. Oh, that's... All right. Write that down, Mac. No, no, no. I, you think I'm going to pay Mac <laughs> to go back through the tapes? No, I'm not. You got a week to show, tell me exactly where it is. And if, if it's there, and if not, you don't know where it is. It's not there. I'm on it. All right. So I, this is a lock for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's going to forget about it. There's a moratorium out there. Anyone that gets a check for me, Mackie, Sleepy, no looking back. It's Fez's job. Got it? Deal. How much is the bet for? What are we going? Hundred. It's all. Oh, oh yeah. I guess you know these fun ones. We'll do a hundred for this. Yeah. One. All right. See how bucks. quick you learned a hundred. Yeah. You didn't want to up it. <laughs> Ooh, dog pizza. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, if you if you like the expensive stuff yeah, on there, nice. I had some good damn <laughs> pizza. I've never had like the, they have the pizza with like the shaved like Ooh. like mushroom like the two hundred dollar a pound mushrooms. I've never went that direction. You wouldn't, if you're going to pay that much for mushrooms, why would you like put it on a pizza? You're thinking psychedelic. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I thought of it and yeah. I'm like, no way. Yeah. But oh, how, how anticipated would the Fez LSD show oh, be? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I would pay <laughs> a lot. He'd be like, <laughs> if our universe is just a cell in my finger, yeah. <laughs> remember an animal. <laughs> All right. Because it was so obvious, it would have been called so often and it had such a drastic effect. I think it makes it unlike any other play. Let's just use an example. Let's say there's a third and two on the two incomplete, but there's a hold that's not called. Uh, let's say the game's tied at that point. 
So the team with the ball goes up three instead of seven. How much is that going to change? And I know this is a wild estimate. How much does that change the win percentages in the second? Let's say uh, at the end of the half. Oh, at the end of the half, maybe like a, a team would have like a fifth, uh, 12% greater chance of winning. If the team was up by three, they win by 60%. They're up seven. They win like 73% maybe. All right. So about a dozen points. Yeah. So it's less than half of the effect of, of the one play. Right. So it goes to show you that, and it's not just how much it affects mathematically, which matters, but also the idea that almost the Saints almost have a lock at that point. Because in theory, there's three fresh downs. You could kneel, kneel, kneel if you wanted to. Kick a field goal 90 plus percent of the time you make it from that distance. Kick off and the Rams were estimated to have how many seconds? 20 seconds. So at that point, the Saints are over 90%. Yes. If the penalty's called. Yes. So that's why I think it matters more. And I think Colin was off on that one. Any other thoughts on that, guys? Now, I did think the lawsuit thing was interesting because it kind of seems ridiculous in a way. But think about this. As the amount of legalized money bet on the NFL and any American sport, but the NFL is going to be king for a long time, I think, with betting, what's different than a company on the stock exchange, right? Elon Musk got in a lot of trouble for simply, uh, and again, I can't judge if he, you know, broke SEC rules or whatever, but he said something on Twitter like, hey, we might go private. We've got the financing. Turns out he didn't have the financing and there's drastic consequences. That's not doing something illicit. Rather, that's just communicating in a way that could cause people to be deceived. Imagine a class action lawsuit, not against a referee, but against the NFL itself. What is the term the NCAA uses? Institutional control, right? Yeah, lack of institutional control. It means you didn't do this, but you created the environment that it could happen. Mm. That's strong. Couldn't there be a suit saying you don't pay these referees enough? They don't. I mean, they just got a full time. What was it last year? They became full time. Yeah. The, mo- most of them were part timers. Ed Hockley's actually a lawyer full time. Hmm. All that was their most famous. Referee. He did bicep curls. Yeah. In the <laughs> law. And in the, in the, <laughs> walks on the beach. <laughs> Only hotties need apply. Much like long walks on the beach, nights in front of the fireplace and sushi. And and the last but not least, got to have strong legs, especially at the knees. I mean, <laughs> Hockley's would have been a little different. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you can make the case the NFL. What was the old Belichick line? Boy, it'd be nice if we had more cameras, if only the league had enough money for them. Right. Sardonically saying, like, how are we saving money here? Now, I'm not saying that case would win, but boy, it kind of seems interesting. There's billions of dollars being bet and you're not maxing the chance of a fair outcome. Mm. Now, imagine something like Gurley. And this is probably a good segue. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Super Bowl, it's big. And I would make the case it's the most important time to have the right number of outs. 
betting out. Why? Because not just the, the spread, not, not the spread. Though I think in this case, since we are guessing the spread's going to be between two and a half and three, well, we know that's the most key number, three, in the NFL. So every out you get, you have a better chance, if you like the Pats, of being able to lay two and a half next week. And if you like the Rams, and this is probably going to be more of a stretch until late, getting the three. But there's more than that. There's the props. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of them. And Bet DSI wants to lead the way or at least be a great addition to your prop menu. They promise 500 separate Super Bowl prop options. Wowza. There's going to be some that you don't have for sure. And every one of those is a chance to get a real edge. Now, there's a special offer, Bell 101. So we mentioned why it's the best time to give BetDSI a try. Now, with that promo code, Bell 101, which helps the pod, but do this for yourself, right? If you're close and you need a tiebreaker, yeah, help us. That's great. But this should be about you, and that's why we're here to help you. Here's the offer, $25 free just for signing up, plus... A 101% bonus. Uh, you know, that 1% is symbolic, but it is nice to think you're getting more in a bonus than you're even putting in. It's BetDSI.com, Bell101. That's B-E-L-L 101 is the promo code that gets you all that. And as we said, increase your chance of getting the right line on the spread between two and a half and three, probably. Increase the chance of getting the props you want and even seeing a prop and betting it that you wouldn't even had the chance to at another book or at your other books if you have more than one. And also, finally, we haven't even mentioned it, in-game betting. I mean, in-game betting is the fastest-growing segment of sports betting, and the Super Bowl is the biggest bet in-game game. That's right, the biggest bet in-game game of the entire season. I would expect this Super Bowl to be the biggest bet in-game game ever because it's growing so fast. And Bet DSI will have their plan. Odds up after every play. A lot of reasons to get involved. Promo code Bell101 makes it easy to think about because you're getting $25 free. And if you want to deposit on top of that, maybe put the 25 bucks in, get the 25 now, right? You don't have to put anything in. Just register, play around. If you like it, throw some money in, double it, you know, plus 101, and there you go. And if somehow you don't like it, well, it was a free roll, right? Because you got that $25 free. That's what makes it, I think, a no-brainer to try it. Because really, you hear this oftentimes, and it's just not appropriate, but it's true here. What do you have to lose with that free 25? So go to betdsi.com, bell101 for the promo code. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. What the heck is going on with Gurley, Fez? Yeah, so Gurley was getting, an, on average through week 12, 98 yards rushing per game. That was what he was averaging. He was a stud. He was one of the most important running backs in the league. Since then, Gurley has disappeared largely here, um, especially last week where he only got four carries for the entire game. Think about this. This is a guy you're paying $15 million a year. And this carries. is $15 million signed this year. Yes. Meaning, if you would have said six months ago, rank the non-quarterbacks in value 
in the NFL. Gurley's on almost everyone's top five, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So was so I'm assuming he was like doubtful to even play, but he just got on the field. How what was he on the injury report? He wasn't even on the injury report. Hmm. So think about this a second, right? Is you're telling me that one of the five best players, most valuable non-quarterbacks in the NFL is playing in the biggest game of the year. He's not injured and he gets four carries as the, a stud running back. When have we ever seen that happen ever? Mm. Can't recall. Cause it's never happened. So now the question is, could it be like some family death that we don't, or someone got cancer and he's, his head's all messed up. I have no idea. I'm not saying that's it. I have no inside information, but the point saying there could be something physical or not physical. I'm sorry. Who knows? And again, I'm not even talking about him, but maybe he's on antipsychotic medication. He's bipolar. Who knows? And again, this, I'm not saying it is. Let's say a player. I don't even want to speculate that because I have no idea. And then somehow his meds go out, you know, like if anyone had watched Homeland, like there's people that are very functional on their meds. And then like as their physiology changes and they get older, some meds that used to work don't work anymore. And all of a sudden now maybe he's got, uh, you know, he's discombobulated. Who knows? So I'm not saying the only possible outcome or reality here is there's some hidden injury. But other than something like that, some non-physical limitation, because let's be honest, let's say your mom was the uh, biggest thing in your life and all of a sudden she dies in a car crash. Now, that's something that everyone would kind of know probably, but something like that that no one knew about. Now his head's all messed up and it's been weeks and he's trying to get himself together. I don't know. But it seems like the odds are at least better than 50% that it's something physical, wouldn't you say? Yes. Well, but, what else could it be? Well, because it seems like you didn't even contemplate what I like. I'm saying stuff and your eyes are darting around like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. I never thought like let's not even guess what percentage of the chance is something like I'm saying some kind of mental, either chemical or circumstantial situation. If it's not that and it's not physical, what could it be? I don't know, RJ. So you can't even come up with anything. I can't, Brad. Well, no, I got something. Maybe got they some, prefer C.J. Anderson. No, the guy that was on the couch. I know. I don't know. So that you're saying that as yeah. in it's not possible. Pursuant to what yeah. you're saying, RJ Gurley is a really good pass catcher. Last week he barely played. He dropped two passes. I never see him drop passes. One of them results in an interception. He's not Gurley right now. So it's either physical or mental. Yeah. If it's physical and you don't have him on the injury report, mm. can you get sued? If there's billions of dollars being bet. What is the point of the injury report? It's always been explicitly stated to so gamblers can't have inside information. The very act of phoning in, phoning up, making phony the injury report is to deceive. Who else are you deceiving? All the gamblers. And who isn't deceived? Those with inside information. All right. How much would it be worth? Like if Belichick made Brady doubtful, less than a 1% chance to play. And he shows up with his arm in a sling saying, guys, I guess I hit the wall. And lo and behold, almost like wrestling 
theme music <laughs> that before and it goes and starting a quarterback for the New England Patriots. <laughs> Hundred percent comes out lifting weights like above his head with his shoulder. Now that'd be a great wrestling. That scene. would be. That'd be great for entertainment. <laughs> but what would the line do if Brady became doubtful? Line would about six, seven points. Yeah, if he was not supposed to play. Yeah, yeah. And then Belichick and his syndicate buddies <laughs> that they could get down what seven, eight million, no problem, right? Well, yes. So would would there be any culpability there? There should be. Do you think? <laughs> I mean, it's so ludicrous that it sounds like, well, of course. But how different is this? And we saw money come against if Gurley. If it is physical. Remember, we saw money come against Gurley last week. We talked about, oh, his over-under on how many rush yards he's supposed to have um, looks depressed versus you know where he'd been year to date and once again Gurley's number opens 73 and it goes down crashes down to 69 at post people betting Gurley under here's what I'm going to say at some point in the next couple years let's say two and a half three we'll say three years there's going to be a serious lawsuit about this stuff this is not much different than the SEC in stocks Mm. and I mean this doesn't seem far-fetched to me I mean, could could you even make the other case? Oh, no, just because there's, you know, maybe there's billions being bet on this game, but they owe no responsibility to be candid. You can't make that. I don't think you can. No. So all these shenanigans is kind of fun that, oh, you know, Belichick does this with the injury report or that. You got to wonder at what point when there's, you know, it's like there was that, we talked about it last week. There was that uh, world championship of handicapping deal and, they had a little flaw in the system and maybe now there's all kind of suits or who knows what's going to happen. I haven't really been following it, but it's when the big money gets involved in anything, you better have all your eyes dotted and T's crossed. When you sign a lease on an apartment, it's usually 65 pages because everything had ever happened. Like the famous one, Fonzie had the, the pigeons on the roof and it started snowing and so it was the pigeon coop plus the snow mm. and it crashed through and Mr. C was mad. And Mr. C said, Fonzie, you're supposed to pay. And Fonzie said, no, Mr. C, you're supposed to pay. Well, they settled it in court, <laughs> right? If Mr. C would have had a 65 page contract, it would have had something about the pigeon coop. Fez. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's one of my favorite scenes. I think I've said this once, but it's worth saying again. So at the end, the Fonz loses. In court, he was trying to like flirt with the judge and a lady judge and it didn't work. And then Mr. C walks over the music and he says, Fonz, you know, I think this got out of control. I made this ego base like Fezzik. And he said, oh, wait, not he didn't say that, but <laughs> and he said, I'll pay for half and you pay for half. Fonz is like, thank you, Mr. C. And then Ralph Mouth runs up and goes, Fonz, great news. The kids down at Arnold's took up a collection. We got half to pay. Here's the money. And Mr. C says, hold on a second. (laughs) You were at fault. I'm paying half. The kids are paying half. You're paying nothing. How could that be? Fonz looks at him and goes, because I'm the Fonz. And then he goes, hey, and walks away. (laughs) I'll never forget. And he probably got a date with the judge, too. No, see, you're ruining my story. It was exactly right. He left. Fawns left. And we were kind of being silent. Instead, Fez tries to add to it. (laughs) 
you know now we don't add it. I mean, Brad, you knew enough not to talk there, yeah. didn't you? Just let it ride off into the sunset. I mean, just let it sit. You're so talkative. Did you get ignored as a kid? Maybe. <laughs> I can't wait for the drunk show. I'm so excited. Brad, you're have to have like a half a pony keg here. So. Oh, no, not anymore. <laughs> a couple would do it. <laughs> You've had your days, though, huh? Oh, like yeah. in, at your height. Oh, could you could you do a 12 and not be stumbling? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Big time on the farm, baby. Speaking of the Pats game, the box score in this case, wowza. Very different than the scoreboard. Yeah, very interesting box score. Let's look at yardage. New England, 524. Kansas City, 290. Normally when you outgain a team by 230 yards, you don't have to go into overtime to win the game. But um, New England, two key turnovers, and that kept Kansas City in the game. Yeah, so what... I mean, you made the bet on the Pats, you know, months and months ago, but you actually liked Kansas City in the game, right? I did like so Kansas what, City. What was the assumption? Was it just that just Belichick is going to get you? And the, I mean, like, what's the takeaway here other than uh, even when he seems like he's half dead, put two in the brain with Belichick? <laughs> <laughs> you just, it's amazing to me how New England all year long, despite an easy road schedule, despite performing like a not a mediocre playoff team, but a mediocre team on the road when the chips are down, Belichick and company find a way when it's an all-or-nothing game to get it done. I thought, Wait, hold on, that was horrible. <laughs> that sounded like something on some other talk show that I can't listen to. You the, said when the chips are down, he got it done. There was nothing on their resume this year on from their road So game. what you're saying is it's inexplicable. It's inexplicable that they could have gone from being this bad on the road to playing a really good Kansas City Chief team and just stick it to the Chiefs and completely outplay them. Except it's not, to me, the thing about the Patriots that is maybe the most telling over this era is how a play here or there, they could have had like one or two Super Bowls or like seven Super Bowls. And and I'm not just counting the Super Bowls that they got to, meaning there were games that they got there that they maybe shouldn't have. And obviously if I remember it was at Baltimore strip, remember? And then uh, was it Tucker that missed it? Remember in the championship game? I'm remembering the Baltimore guy had the touchdown pass mm-hmm. and, he, and he went to bring it up to celebrate and the new England DB not just knocked it away. Yeah, from so, him, Right. So the, 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 I can't remember. Did they win it? That I think that's a year they beat Seattle. Right. If I'm remembering right. I can't recall. It doesn't matter. Can you look that up, Mackie? So, so it would have been who playing Baltimore. In the championship game. So it's really a, and then even if you look at the Super Bowl, it is very few of those games were more, and obviously the Giants games, they could have won both of those easily, right? And they easily could have lost the Seattle game. They easily could have lost the Atlanta game. Now imagine if that happened, if they lost Seattle and Atlanta, Mm. how long would it have been between Super Bowls, right? uh, 2004 season. Yeah. So think about that too. And what was like when Seattle was down on the two yard line 
and the clock's ticking, Belichick doesn't call the timeout, what's the odds in that game? Seattle should win about 80% of the time. And at halftime of the Atlanta game, I think people were betting New England 90, 16 to 1. Yeah, 95%. All right. So think about that a second. The the idea that you had a 20% chance in one game and a 4% chance in the other game. And if the favorite wins them both, Belichick hasn't won a Super Bowl for almost 15 years. Yep. Mm-hmm. But then imagine they beat Philadelphia. Imagine... Now, who did they lose to recently before they, they both, both of the giants. giants. No, but no, no, no. But they were what you're saying. They're two, they, they're two and one since the giant. Cause the, the second giants has been a while. They, they've been in three Super Bowls since then or four. Yeah. Just three, the two, so they beat two and Seattle. One. So they had won two in a row. Mm-hmm. Falcons and Seahawks. And then the one before that was the giants. Yeah. The two before that were the giants. Okay. So imagine the idea then on one hand, you could have won those giant Super Bowls, and all of a sudden now it's like, oh my. And then obviously they could have lost to the Rams the first time. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And obviously they could have lost to Carolina. Yep. Right? So now you could say they could have lost to Philly, but they had that. That was one. the yeah. one that I would say is probably like the cleanest that even though it landed and on the And I don't even number- remember though, is it possible? And it is possible. I don't think any of us remembers. What was their playoff path? Were they in a spot in the playoffs that they could have easily lost? Meaning, it's not like Jordan where they never have a seventh game. It's almost like every championship. There's a point they're like 20%. Jacksonville. Last year. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's a double whammy, right? If you would have said, I mean, think about that a second. Well, I guess it doesn't matter because they they lost lost too. But what it goes to show you is what Billy Bean says is all you can do is get in the playoffs and then it's a ton of luck and you just got to get in the playoffs enough that you win half, you lose half. And if you have, based on how many series you got to win, you got to be in enough to just win your share. That's what the Spurs did. Yeah, and, and D Ford being offside on the key play of the game when when Brady throws what would have been his third interception, and the dynasty's over. Or is it? I mean, if you go to the championship game, it, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it, there's more questions. Though you're right, and I'm the champion of the NFL pod. Right, so there would have been history was rewritten. We can say that on that play. Found but, that Ravens game. Mackie's like impatient. He's like, I, I, I'm not going to wait for them to fit. Go ahead, Mackie, jump in. 2011 was the championship game where the Pats beat the Ravens. And then who'd they play in the Super Bowl? That was the Giants here. Okay, so I guess it wouldn't have mattered in that case. Thanks, Mac. Missed field goal late by the Ravens kicker from 32 yards. Was then that the, a 32 yarder? The Pats oh, kneeled it and the game was over. Wow. You know, you should try. We should do a little test here. We're being so loose as pod. Like when you are done talking, take like do a one count because you're you're cutting out. So uh, when's your birthday? Tell us that, and then pause for a second before you cut out. December twenty second. Ah, see, yeah, yeah, hey, Maggie, Maggie, he's coming back, baby. Worst to first. <laughs> All right. So if you think of the extremes, it could be like one Super Bowl, or it could be like, I mean, which one couldn't they have won? Is there any Super Bowl they couldn't have won? Uh, no, all of them. I mean, yeah. I guess they lost to the Giants. So the Giants are the only ones they've lost? And the Eagles. And last year. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they. I mean, if anything, they were. The Eagles, I think, 
you know, at various points in the fourth quarter, I'm betting if you just said every minute mark of the fourth, you take the percentage to win. I think the Pats would have been less than 50% added up and divided, right? Except for, I think, when they were down five, Brady had the ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying of, there wasn't a point, right. but in general, in you were general, the they Eagles, were up against it. But it yeah. was pretty close to 50-50. Yeah. And, and in those Giants games, you know, I don't know. I mean, that Tyree catch or whatever, you would say they were clear favorites in both those games, right? Yes, absolutely. Because I still remember, I mean, you can say what you want about Eli, but I'll never forget that pass he made from his own five in the second Super Bowl. And it was that teardrop. Manningham. I mean, like like 45 yards yeah. into a little basket right. with everything yeah. on the line. There was that famous Bradshaw to Stallworth throw in Super Bowl 14 that was kind of like that. But boy, that was, I mean, it was right on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many people in the world make that throw. So with the pressure on it's all about inches and Belichick understands it. So he fights for the inches and he understands that it's, it, there's a lot of randomness to this. And in a weird way, if you, it's almost like you hunting for half points, Fez, you understand that you, there's no locks. There's no, like, I got this. I don't care about the number quarters and halves won't matter. Right. You don't have very few bets. You're like that on, right. If any. Yeah, I'm always chasing that point, even though I'm going to go. Unless you're down for the day. <laughs> yeah, very. I uh, just shove it all in with whatever I got. Uh, any trash. But uh, I'm shove it all in with whatever I got. But think about it. You're chasing all these half know, points. That's too much. Maybe after like you could go two and a half weeks without that without any of those half points mattering on 23 straight bets. But the fact of the matter is you realize long term. If you get a couple of extra half points a week and you have a point or so edge in this game and that game that you're going to hit 54 and a half, 55. That's how you've had what uh, five of six winning seasons of pregame. It's all about getting winning calendar years. Yes. It's all documented, documented, third party. Exactly. And even when you lose, you feel like, Hey, I got it on my, even when Belichick remember entering that Seattle game was like, they haven't won a Super Bowl for 14 years or whatever it was. And he was just, let's just keep doing our thing. Yep. You're a lot like Belichick when you're on a losing streak like that. And I'm going to show anybody out there that thinks for one second that maybe I'm second guessing myself that I am the greatest of all time forever and ever. <laughs> and I mean, you were just losing, losing, losing. Somehow you had a against us, right? Against me. And somehow you had a big like quadruple bet in. And you were laying pick them and the market said 320 and somehow you came back and you don't, it doesn't seem like there's any sense of, boy, I didn't deserve that. Maybe I should give RJ's money back. Well, I got so many other bad beats. Uh, they, well, they, what the bad mar- beats? The marketplace I mean, the funny, owed me. The, the funny thing is when, when he, he laid me, uh, what was it? Plus 1450 on oh, Houston being yeah. 13 and a half. They're up 20 with like seven minutes left. And the true odds should have been like 11 to one. And I gave you like almost 15 to one. I think it was 1550. Now I think yeah. that one would have put you, I mean, you might've quit the pod. I, that or if, Tiger, if Tiger Woods would have won that one, of those majors, I gotta tell you. <laughs> well, you were giving Cofield on the weekend SOV before we went daytime. What were you giving him? I think I gave him 50 to 1 on one of them. He, he bet like 50 bucks. 35 to 1 on another. I mean, just like. And the funny thing is, it was close on both, but Fezzik comes in like, give me my money, dancing. <laughs> and, I, and I know Cofield was watching, like, I didn't even watch it. I know it's been an hour. It's like, come on. 
And then they're like, that's why Fezzik's Fezzik, I guess. And, Fe- <laughs> and it, you know what would have been great is if, <laughs> if Cofield, and let, let's be honest, Cofield, and I really like Cofield, but, you know, I would say this if he were here. He's a local Vegas ESPN guy. He's kind of got that Charlie Brown way about him where he expects the ball to get pulled away. <laughs> yeah. So how cool would it have been if like he comes in kind of, you know, beaten face down Tron and Fezzik just reaches over and hits. Now I can't help it that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good. Woo, can't dance all night long. I mean, that, <laughs> that would have been the best. Yeah. Like, of course I'm like, you know, a, I'm the font. Yeah. I'm Fezzik. What do you think? I was trying to be quiet, not to step on the stove. <laughs> you know, when I say, what do you think? That's a sign. <laughs> you know what we got to do on the drunk show? We got to get Fezzik like somehow, some way to say like, say like, because I'm Fezzik. Hey, and <laughs> just get that isolated. I love it. Just wait till you're really feeling it. Like when you win like three in a row that you're like hitting two outers on and you just feel like you're unbeatable, bulletproof, come in, we'll turn the mics on and do it. We should have a poker tournament sometime. The five or six of us have a freeze out. <laughs> Listen to Fez, knowing that he uh, yeah. he's like, me and him is probably pretty close. Yeah. He, he's, and, he's and no one else me. really knows yeah. how to play here. Let's just all, let's have a friendly game. I'll throw a nickel Not in. Happening. I mean, you don't have enough money that, that you still aren't trying to hustle your, no, like your closest play, friends. Play chips. Fun. You, I doubt it. Well, if it's fun, what's yeah. the point? Exactly. Right. You know that it's, I mean, let's be candid other than business. Like you don't, you got your wife, you got your, Boy, your good father, as far as I can see, he's a brilliant kid, nice kid. And you've got your business partners. I make this bat. Let's, let's, let's wear some mustaches and go here together, whatever. Put your boots on, <laughs> look for action. But like literally Brad, me, Mackie, Sleepy, we're like your so your most social friends probably 340 days a year, right? You got your buddy might come in now and again, you might see him. But in Vegas, you socialize with us more than anyone, right? Yeah. My best my best buddy's back home in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. So, right. So you're literally and you've you got a mansion and a yacht, correct? Yes. So but you want to somehow take your closest friends <laughs> in poker. Like Brad, you're trying to take him. I can't help it. It's just <laughs> the way I'm it's like the alligator (laughs) that I'm custom made (laughs) No, but it's like the old story about it's my nature right (laughs) hey that that's honest if he admitted he he made a quadruple bet to get even (laughs) and that on the same pod (laughs) all right what haven't we covered oh let's talk about this story oh this is good Clay Travis cousin Sal and, and, and tens of thousands of dollars. Now that's called a professional radio tease. But this is a podcast, so we only have one commercial break. And it's actually only one ad within it. So it's going to be quick. Let's do it. Oh, old friends at True Car. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. And I'm going to read it extra fast. You know what else you can do in about a minute? get an offer 
for your car with True Car. That's right. And the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or even listen to my voice here, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in. They'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need. So there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. This got a lot of play. Let's talk about it a little bit because I think there's a lesson here. Cautionary tale, Fez. Um, so the guys unlock it in, but not all of them. Cousin Sal and Clay Travis and the third guy were going to make a bet. They were going to buy a pick or, or I'm sorry, buy a ticket on prop swap. Prop swap is interesting I've had a couple of lunch meetings with those guys. Very ambitious. They got a lot of publicity out of this too, which was cool for them. Nice guys. Um, and the concept is, and there's all kinds of questions, how much liquidity is there, transaction costs and all that. And we might maybe have those guys on one time and talk about it in the off season. But the key concept is you can post a ticket and buy it where it's a, it's a, not necessarily a prop, you really, but it's a future usually. Though it could even be a game ticket. Like, Fez, if you wanted to put up your plus one New England ticket, in theory, you you know, if someone wanted to buy all those points, you might offer it for less than that. And and even with the transaction cost, you could earn off it. Exactly. Right? Yes. So in theory, if there's a long time between games, you could do games. But I, my sense is it's mostly futures. Yep. Yeah. Where it's most valuable is you got like 150 to one and you don't want to go around trying to hedge it. The team's in the final four and just you know, go ahead and lock in a profit. Yeah. So they looked at it and said, well, wait a minute, we can get. New Orleans, and this was before the conference championship game, to win the Super Bowl. And I think the math was plus 192. And the best market price on the futures was plus 175. So their thought was, oh, well, this is an overlay. And it's like, well, no, an overlay is compared to, and Fez, you can tell me if you agree with this definition, compared to the true odds. Now, your ability to assess that's the key to defining an overlay. But in horse racing, an expert horse racing handicapper is going to say, okay, I think this horse uh, is going to win half the time. So anything better than even money is an overlay. Now, your ability to be correct about that 50% of the time is the key to identifying overlays. Agreed? Yes. So now the question is, well, what was the Saints' true odds? And one way you could kind of start by saying, well, let's take the projected, well, let's not do it that way. I was going to say the no vig line. Let's take the money line that was actually bettable. So you could have replicated the Saints' bet, but not by buying a ticket on prop swap or anything like that, but rather making money line bets. So they ultimately put up 57500 to buy this ticket. That's a big number. And I think the ticket was going to pay off. Well, I guess it was plus one, 192. So do the math, right? Okay. So if I would have bet the Saints on the money line 
and I didn't, but I, I lean that way of Saints, you know, minus the three. But Saints on the money line was minus 160, right, Faz? Yeah, easy to find minus 160. Yeah. Even better, but minus 160 market number. And I think what we're seeing now, the assumption is, the I guess in theory, the butterfly effect, if somehow the Saints would have won, it might have changed a play call. That's so funny to think that literally the winner of the New England-Kansas City, which came after, could have been affected by if the Saints won or not. Right, because who knows if it would have caused Brady to, or Belichick to say, "Oh, look, they won by doing this." Mm. Oh, I don't wow. want to do this, so I'm going to do. And if it just one play was different, it could have played changed the game, right? The butterfly effect. But let's assume the Pats win. Still, I think Pats would probably wouldn't be two and a half, but I'm guessing you could get the Saints a plus a hundred if you shop. Yeah, New England very small against favorite. New England. Yeah. So if you do the math, minus one sixty in one bet, plus a hundred in the other, it comes out to plus plus two twenty five. So they were forced to put up. No, I get it. There's a PR element to this. So let's give them credit, right? They got. We're talking about it. Congratulations. But I, I, we're talking about it more because it's a teaching moment. A mechanical parlay is almost always going to pay you better than any future pool. Because even the generous future pools are going to hold what? 30, 25, 30%? Yes. So think about that. Your hold is less than 5% when you lay 11 to 10. A drunk baby flipping coins. <laughs> One of our guys on Twitter. I, I think it's a Jacob fellow but or or i can't remember it's one of the guys that always replies he's a nice guy um he said rj why is there so many drunk babies flipping coins in Vegas?" <laughs> i thought that was pretty good but <laughs> hey remind me who you are if you're, you're i know you listen every week so uh, and i'll give you a shout out next week um i know the dude i just can't remember between the couple that it might be uh a drunk baby flipping coins is holding less than five percent meaning the house you agree with that? Fact? Yes. Batting 11 to 10. Yes. So even a generous quote unquote futures pool is six times the hold. So it's better, correct, to lay the VIG when you're laying 4.5% twice than to play into once a 30% overall VIG hold. Yes. That's interesting. And that's not even the no VIG line. Because if we would say the market can tell us what the true odds of the Saints are, if we take the no VIG line, which would be what plus one seventy five, or I'm sorry, minus one forty five instead of minus one six. I'd say minus one fifty. Right, and then it would have been you know plus one ten. Yeah, so you got a sixty percent chance. I mean, if you have a twenty cent straddle on both, right? You right, right. Die. I mean, yeah. in theory, the vig could be on different teams, but but these are pretty much around pick them. So you usually the vig's going to be pushed to the favorite, as far as I can see. Yes, because because they know they usually get more favorite action on the money line. Right. So if you really want to want to and, and, and favorite betters are less price sensitive. Yes, yes. So if you really want to simplify the math, you can say, what's the chance the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl? It's 0.6 times 0.5. They had about a 30% chance. That's very clean, rounded numbers. So the case can be made, oh, we like the Saints. We think the market's undervaluing them. Okay, fine. But there's a lot of different ways to get at it that would have been better than the plus 192. Now, what Cousin Sal said, and I've had a, I've been on his pod. Uh, I've had a great personal experience with him. You know, I do Adam Kroll every week and you know, he's friends with Sal, uh, Mike August, who d- helps me a lot at Podcast One and some other things on the side who were, you know, who's the business manager of Adam Carolla. He's, you know, friends with Sal. So a lot of good feelings there. But again, we call him the way we see him when it comes to the math here. 
Sal says, oh, we would have sold the ticket again. So we were betting him. So now you're paying the transaction cost twice, right? And you could say, well, but the only the seller's paying it. But it's built into the price they offer that they're, you know, they're going to want to make X amount. And then they're going to put on top of it whatever the transaction cost is. And that's the beauty of a mechanical parlay is if you want to hedge you don't have to bet the full amount. So let's say they would have bet 57.5 at minus 160 and one, they could have bet instead of letting the whole thing ride, they could have bet any portion of that hedged out the win without having any transaction cost on, on the hedging because it was not betting the second time. Yeah, exactly right. So whenever possible, try to minimize the number of transactions you're having where you're paying that dastardly bookie his vig. Don't maximize your number of transactions. Yeah, those bookies, man. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Nick Nolte. That's about as cool as a voice. I mean, a lot of late nights in that voice, Fez. <laughs> yeah, I like Nick Nolte. <laughs> what, what's your favorite Nick Nolte movie? None come to mind. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 48 hours I didn't really like 48 <laughs> I like blues guys blues. mark it down I mean we're getting just gold today I mean think about it I like Nick Nolte what's your favorite movie none come to mind I mean how crazy is that got it <laughs> Fez, you're going to be a legend. Before it's over, you are going to be a freaking legend. You feel, Brad? I do. <laughs> I mean, who could be such a doofus and he's made, and it helps him. I mean, it's he's got the sympathy on Twitter. <laughs> no, but here's the theory. Yeah. He's obviously a brilliant guy. He has a degree yeah. from Northwestern. So anyone this inept at the basic ways of life, movies, just a bit, you know, girls, whatever, drinking. He must be like spending all of his bandwidth on football, basketball. So you're figuring if he was all, you know, let's be honest, I'm not a professional better. I make a majority of my money. Now I make good money betting and I'm proud of it. And a lot of it's in the NFL is my stuff. A lot of it though is uh, in other sports, almost all of it is other people's stuff. And I know how to synthesize it, but less than 50% of my annual money comes from batting. Fast, far more than 50% batting for you. Brad, same thing. You guys are professional batters. You augment your income, but you're professionals. Is the idea that this guy is making that much money? No, I, I tell stories. I'm talking about Fonzie episodes. And they're like, hey, RJ's eclectic. He's well, you want a host to be eclectic. <laughs> and you want them to know what eclectic means, yeah. Fez. Right? Yes. What's eclectic? Eclectic is weird in an un, weird in an unusual way. No, nah, I would say it's more uh, wide ranging. Where you? Oh, you're not just weird in one aspect. No, you, you have in, It's like, oh, let's go antiquing. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of the. I'm not eclectic in this way, but you know, I'm a big fan of the Western motif. You know, 1830s Deadwood or whatever, right? So they, uh, they know a lot about a lot of things. Yeah, jack of all trades. Yeah. You want that in a host. You want like a, a fanat, some kind of sicko. I'm like, the opposite. Exactly. He, it's almost like he was dropped in like a time machine and showed up and he missed the last 25 years. <laughs> but he can tell you like the last seven plays of a game from four years ago, how he got a bad beat. That's who you want to bet. 
The one and only Steve Fazio. I can tell you when a team's up 12 and they hit a three in college basketball with four minutes to go, that's the time to bet under. But you don't have to. But you don't have to. You don't have to tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got, wrapping up here, we've got, <laughs> this has been fun. we got one more Esler. And listen, here's the thing about Dave. He lived in Boston, I think, like 50 years in the area, not the city, you know, like Rhode Island or whatever, you know, in that, that, that Patriots bubble. And, but he is, a, I wouldn't say a skeptic, but he holds him to account. So I'm always interested in his Pat, Patriots take. In fact, he's got a strong one on another prop. And then we're going to finish the pod with Brad giving a few of his best bets early ones. Cause he won't be in this at the Super Bowl next week where we record the pot. So this will be his finishing touches on the college or on the NFL season. And remember, we've got a special CBB coming up here. Actually, it's probably going to get released the day after the Super Bowl. So if you haven't subscribed yet, get ready. Here's Esler. Super Bowl prop bets, especially player props, depend on how the game plays out. Look at this game. The Patriots aren't going to run first against the Rams like they did against the Chiefs. And Brady isn't taking seven-step drops, probably not taking five-step drops. What are they going to do? They're going to draw and screen the Rams to death. Same thing they did against the Vikings and the Bears this season, two other solid defenses. So, prop bet, no numbers up yet. I don't care. James White, receptions over. Here's some numbers. White against the Bears, 10 targets, 8 receptions, 2 touchdowns. White against the Vikings, 9 targets, 7 catches, 92 yards. Now put that in contrast, four or five New England's losses this year, save the one against Jacksonville, the Steelers, Miami, Tennessee, and Detroit, White had 80 yards combined. Take that one step further. Last year's Super Bowl loss against the Eagles, James White, two catches, 21 yards. Their win over the Falcons, 14 catches, 110 yards. I won't be surprised if they line him up wide. And if Khalil Mack and Anthony Barr can't stop it, Corey Littleton can. I really like the James White over receptions prop. So first, let's clarify. When Astor says, I don't care, what he's doing actually makes a lot of sense. It sounds square. What he's saying is, I trust the market is going to be in line aligned with what you would expect. Look at the season numbers. Maybe it gets skewed a little bit. But I think my handicap's so much bigger than any small amount it might get skewed. Right. And to me, I bet that way a lot. Whereas I see one trend uh, or a factor that's so big that I don't necessarily, it's almost like an injury, right? If you know a guy that's worth two and a half points a game is out, but no one else knows he's out. What are you going to do, Fez? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet but against you that team. You might I don't even, care if you, he's worth four or two, doesn't matter. Or what I'm saying is in theory, the line is probably right. Thus, you've got a marginal two and a half point edge that's enough to be quite profitable. Maybe the line's off a point in your favor, so it becomes a monster edge. Or maybe the line's a point off without considering the injury now in either case against you. So now your bet becomes more break even. But the worst it's probably going to be is break even. And thus, you bet it not really obsessing over being able to compile the whole line 
because you don't know everything about the game, but you know one thing that's big enough that probably trumps anything else about the game that could cause a mispricing. Exactly right. If you've got one factor, like you got a good weather report, who cares if both quarterbacks are going to play well? Yeah. If I got the weather report and they don't, I'm playing And under. if the weather report's worth four or five points, this team has a problem against a zone or doesn't, doesn't matter. Great. Now I got to fit only a 55% instead of a 57% bet. Who cares? So... It's not often you have a handicap you're that usually you're going to compile half point edges. I agree with him here. Uh, I like it. What you're a pretty good guesser in this stuff, Fez. What's the buy price here? You think? Not saying you would play it up to this point, but if you had to guess the opener on White, what would you guess? I think White probably six receptions, fifty four yards in that neighborhood. They've been dealing him rushing and reception yards around seventy two. He doesn't run the ball very much, so I think fifty four reception yards. He doesn't know movies, but he is. I mean, <laughs> he is. I don't use genius. And I'm not sure he's close to a genius at the, at the props, the instant, like whenever we're batting against the VIG and Fez makes an instant line and the VIG fades and I'm always with Fez. And he pretty much always beats the VIG. Let me ask you one question here, RJ. He might get mad at you for that. Go ahead. Edelman always seems to get tons of usage in the playoffs. Any reason why we would think otherwise and ask Brad. Did you take, did you take your breath? Between what we were talking about and you just changed the subject? No, it's the same subject. How is it the same subject? There's only one football. All right? So we're talking about James White going over. But we were talking about you and the VIG batting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. You know, I I think it's what we talked about. It's a good way to circle the pod and we'll let Brad do his best bets. Is the the idea that um, for every, if one player is going to do well, on the team, chances are another player is not going to do as well. Like, for example, it's kind of hard to think you're going to bet over C.J. Anderson and Gurley. Should be one or the other. Right? Or the neither. theory is on that bet, yes. especially, you're betting how much is about Gurley's touches. If you know Gurley's going to get his average in the first half of the season, you're going over no matter what. Absolutely. And if he's going to have four touches, you're going under no matter what. Yeah, and that's why this James White bet could be really good against the Chargers. They targeted him 17 times. He caught 15 balls against the Chargers. When was the last time you saw a running back do that, RJ? Yeah. All right, Brad Powers, you have love leave, I guess we'll call it, during the Super (laughs) Bowl. Now, you're committed to making it next year. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Publicly. Hundreds of thousands, almost a half million people are listening. I'll be there. Are you nervous? Jackson 5, I'll be there. Where is the Super Bowl next year? I don't know. Where is it? I'm going to still want a private plan. (laughs) No, I'm not going to get it, but I'm going to want it. All right, Brad, give us a couple best bets. Yeah. uh, First off, just overall lean on the game, slight lean Patriots. But as we talked about on Straight Out of Vegas, it's tough to like it at the current number when we could have gotten a much better number starting to get to the point where the Patriots are expensive. So I lean for me on the Patriots. One prop bet, and you can call me square on this one, but I don't we think... We will. It, yeah. It hasn't been appropriately priced to the new NFL rules as far as extra point kicking. And I'm going to call for the... Will there be a two-point conversion attempt? It's been priced right around plus 155, plus 160. I'm going to say yes. Plus Ooh, I like... I, this is a macro league-wide trend, Fez. What do you think of this? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, especially with... Now, have we seen the early number on this yet? I have not seen that one yet. So what's your buy price, Brent? 
Anything plus 150 or more. It's been priced the last couple of years, 155, 160. I like the fact that we've got a total here at 57. So we got an excellent chance that we get more scoring and more, more scoring. And now we get a missed extra point. We get a point where teams <sighs> um, up one, up eight. And it makes sense. The chart will tell the coach you got to go for it. Not to mention. So this is a made two point. No, just an attempt. Not an even attempt. Made. Yeah, will there be a two-point conversion attempt plus one fifty? What's this? Year? Do we what, do we have the numbers in this year's NFL? I wonder if they're going to make it off their old sheets, their old Excel sheets, or they're going to make it off of this year's numbers? Because I'm guessing it's way up this year. It has to be way up. Yeah, I wonder. This is one though. And listen, guys, we always talk about betting against the odds makers on the open versus betting against the marketplace. I think a lot of sharp batters are going to be where Brad is. I don't, again, you're right. You're probably going to be with the public. I think this is one you bet early because the public's going to be batting it. And I think some sharps might be trying to beat the public too. Exactly. And those are the sort of bets you got to bet very early. Let's say, frankly, the public loves anything that looks like it could happen, that they're getting plus money. They don't even have to make it. Just try a two point conversion. And I'm getting the plus money. That's a, that, that's a, that's hate. how I was thinking. Yeah. You got any numbers this year? Yeah, it's at the all-time highest this year. For every touchdown, about 11% of the time, they go for two. Okay, so how many touchdowns do we guess in this game, Fez? Six and a half. Okay, so let's think about this. Is, is this 0. 0.89, 0. 0.89 to the, power to the six? six and a half. Yep. So what's that come to? Get your scientific calculator I out. don't have my HP. Well, you could do it on the internet, right? Or on, I'm sorry, on your computer? I'm going to do it on my phone. <laughs> I could tell a story here, but I'm just letting the music in. Six touchdowns, 49% chance that... Um, what? Yeah, so it's 50-50 if there's so, six touchdowns. Wow. And you got Belichick against McVay? That has to be a lot higher in their games. Looks like a great bet. Brad Power. Listen... This is, oh, wait, we're not recording. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Brad, Brad looked at me like he was so upset. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, my greatest NFL moment. <laughs> no, I, I should have went. How long have we not been Oh, recording? Oh, I should have went. Yeah. I should have went with that. And he yeah. would have been like, mother effer. I would have. <laughs> you could see the look on my face. <laughs> but I tell you, that is a hell of a... Go ahead, Fence. My only concern with this, but I still love it, all right? McVeigh did something that was very disturbing to me at the end of the game. Oh, scroll the F up. Because he, he's Bobby Fisher, dude, compared to you. And you're brilliant at this stuff. But you don't understand what he, his left tackles her or what. He, he knows things you have no idea. You really think he just decided not to go for it on the one because he said, I'm scared. No, he had a reason. He'll have to explain it to well, me. He, no, he doesn't have to explain it to you. He doesn't know who you are. <laughs> I mean, you see his abs? Oh, wait, that's something. Different. Did you see his girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> so the point I'm making is when someone like McVeigh does that, it's a sign we don't know the whole story. Not a chance for some radio guy, not you, but many radio guys with an IQ of 104 talking about how dumb McVeigh was not to go. For you know, I'm going to disagree with you. I, right? I don't see any scenario. I don't care about what the injuries or the situation are. It's fourth and go on the one. You're down three with six minutes to play. 
the analytics are just so overwhelming. I can't imagine. Well, so just think if only you could be an NFL coach, you could like exploit McVay. No, you're stuck with me, Arch. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, I like that. So let's plan on, why don't you dig into this one? Look at the Pats, look at the Rams. Cause I think that it goes higher for them. Cause there's this new thing. If you're down 14, Late and you score. Yeah, the Eagles, you go for go two for with the two. first score. Because the theory, you know, and no reason to get into theory, but the theory saw, you can say it succinctly if you can. Well, the idea is that if, if you're down 14 and you go for two and you get there half the time when you make the, the mm-hmm. point conversion, if you go ahead and assume you're going to score twice, your opponent's not going to score at all, reasonable assumption, by going for two with the first attempt, you'll win the game 62.5% of the time. By just kicking the extra point twice, you only win 50% of the time. Because the theory is if you get two the first time, you kick the extra point the second time. If you don't get the two the first time, you go for it again, you should be able to get it the second time, half the time. and thus. But if you kick the extra point twice, it's 50-50 in overtime. Right, so you win 50% of the time, you lose 25% of the time, and 25% of the time you go to overtime. Yes, So, which is better than just going to overtime. Right. Because it's 50-50. Okay, so... Though your case can be made if you score twice, you have momentum, but I still think it doesn't get you to 62 and a half. But it just feels like Belichick's going to go for two or McVeigh a little bit more minimum than the average coach. I agree with that. And thus, if we're saying that with the average number, it's it should be plus 100, even it comes in at plus 140. But I would say this is one to bet early. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, Brad. Your Twitter at Brad Power Seven. Tweet out anything. Yep, you're committed we'll to kind of digging a little deeper with it. We'll do. Fez, we're gonna be next week uh, in Atlanta. I mean, it's gonna be. We're gonna have a lot of stories about you. You're gonna have a lot of stories. I mean, I mean, to me, if if this is the way that you are in Reno, wore the cowboy boots, cowboy hat, walked around. A lot of action that week. A lot of action. Imagine how he's gonna be at the Super Bowl. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.